Did you hear the lyrics of that song at the end? God really loves us. God really loves me. That's a powerful truth. If you can get that, you'll figure out a lot of of the rest of life. If you can get it, if you can understand how much he loves you. You know, we only, for us who are parents, we, we love our kids. And we're like, how can anybody love my kid more than me? And God says, my love is greater than that. When we meet our love of our life and we're caught up in romance and all the amazing things that happen with that. Those of you who got married this year, it's just so amazing. It's so fun. How, how can I love someone more? How can love be greater than? No, it's God says, no, it's, my love is, is it's more passionate than that. It's more, it's more pure than that. It's more, it's more intimate than that. And so all of our loves are just pictures. They're, they're glimpses. The love we experience on earth, whatever love we've experienced or given out is, is, is just a glimpse. It's a picture of the love of God. I mean, what's the most famous verse in the Bible? If you don't know, I'm going to tell you. It's John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. It starts there. The gospel starts there. The good news of Jesus starts with God loving a world who was unlovable. It's not even like we were nice kids, you know. We weren't like well-behaved kids or something. You know, we were, we, it, he loved the worst of the worst. No matter how bad we've been, no matter how far we've gone, no matter what shameful thing we've done in secret or in public, God says, I love you. I'm gonna, I am coming for you. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how many times you failed. It doesn't matter how many times you've done that thing. You wouldn't. You said, I'll never do that again. It doesn't matter how many people you've hurt. It doesn't matter how broken and alone you've been. God still says, guess what? I love you. And I'm sending Jesus just for you. I really love you. Help us get that truth, O Lord. When we get his love, then we love others a little bit better, right? <laughs> we, get, we get a love. We experience love. It's a whole lot easier to love when you're loved. If you try to love and you're not loved, what, hap- what, what ends up happening, right? You end up trying to love and you, you just keep hurting people, right? It just keeps not working out. It just keeps blowing up in your face. And so what a, what a powerful truth that we can uh, receive today. So if nothing, if you don't get anything else, if you go to sleep after this, That's fine. I want you to know that Father God loves you so much that he sent Jesus for you. That's the message of Christmas. There's all kinds of other fun things that go along with it. And hey, let's celebrate and be joyful about it. But it starts with love. And I'm thankful for that love. So today I want to I want to jump in. We've been if you're a guest here, many of you are guests, and so we've been doing this little Christmas series on uh, prophecies of Jesus in the Old Testament. We've been looking about the 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 words that were spoken beforehand about who Jesus would be, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection before he was even born. Sometimes thousands of years before he was born, there were over three hundred references to the Messiah uh, in in the Old Testament. 
And the odds of Jesus just randomly fulfilling them all are astronomical. It's, it's uh, 10 to the 17th power for anybody who has math. That's 10 times itself, 17 times, which is a number with a lot of zeros. Uh, if you need to know how many, just ask Scott. Um, <laughs> thank you for letting me reference that, Scott. Um, so um, I want to jump into one today. So we've, we've gone through several different ones. We did Isaiah 6, and we did Malachi 3 last week, and we're going to be in Isaiah 42. So if you have a Bible or you have one under the, the chair in front of you, you have your phone, we're going to be in Isaiah 42 for just a few minutes here. Isaiah 42, starting in verse 1. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for opening the word of God to us as we read it even now, Lord. No matter what else I say, God, let this word penetrate deep into our hearts and reveal Jesus to us. It's in his name we pray. Amen. So Isaiah 42, this is a a beautiful picture. I hope you recognize it of of who Jesus uh, is in his ministry on earth. And he's called the servant here. Uh, And God says, here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his teaching, the islands will put their hope. This is what God the Lord says, the creator of the heavens, who stretches them out, who spreads out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison and to release from dungeon those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. See, the former things have taken place and new things I declare before they spring into being. I announce them to you. Such a powerful passage there. I mean, there's so much in there. We're not going to really dive into it verse by verse today. We're just going to highlight a a couple of things uh, about Jesus. Uh, And number one is this, is that he, he came as a servant. What does it say that Jesus didn't, he says, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a, as a ransom for many. And so he, he's called the servant over and over in Isaiah. I mean, isn't it amazing that God shows up, the son of God comes and he's the servant. Sometimes I'm too, you know, I'm, I'm too high and mighty. I'm too important to, to serve other people. You know, I just, oh, I don't need to do that or that's. I can let somebody else do that. But Jesus said, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the servant. I'm, I'm going to come. I'm, I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to be the one to, to, to handle those who no one wants to be around, who no one found worth of anything. But I'm going, I'm going to serve them. I'm going to love them. I'm going to lay myself down for them. And so you see the picture of Jesus there. It says he'll not shout or cry out. Uh, 
he won't raise his voice in the streets. What does that mean? He's, he, wasn't, he wasn't here to, to make a big show. I mean, I always say this probably every Christmas, at least I've said it at least once before, is this. You know, if, if I was God, I would have planned it differently. I really would have. I mean, why start with a baby in a, in a secluded small village? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I mean, the marketing plan is off. I mean, if you want to get out there, make a, you know, why did the angels go to just these shepherds in a field? Why, why not have the angels show up in the large cities and make an announcement to everybody? Here it is. Go, here he is. He's going to be born. Even if the baby, we're going to make a huge announcement. It's going to be all over the world. But no, it's God has a different plan. And it was the same way with Jesus. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to, he wasn't, he wasn't recognizable if you just looked at him from a worldly perspective. But those who looked at him from a perspective with an open heart, they recognized that's him. I recognize that love. I recognize someone or something that's more than I've experienced in my life. Uh, then it says this, a bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not st- snuff out. Such a beautiful picture of the, the gentleness and the healing power of Jesus. Uh, you know, what is a, anybody know what a bruised, what is a reed? I mean, it's just a, just a stalk of like grass, you know, and how easy is it to bruise a reed? You can talk back to me. You can say. <laughs> really easy. And so most of us would say, hey, that one's torn up. Let's just get another one. Aren't you glad that God didn't do that with you? Because man, we're all we're all we're all bruised reeds. We've all had somebody come to us, and it's just it's kind of cracked us on the inside. It's it's torn us up. It's done something to us. We've also done some stupid things to ourselves, right? Uh, we've done that, and we're bruised from it. We're we're broken from it. We're we're hurting from it. And so it would be so easy. But Jesus says he comes to the one who's barely breathing, who is barely making it, who's struggling, and says, "Look, I'm not I'm not going to break you." I'm going to heal you. I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to reach out to you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to lay down my life for you. And I'm going to restore you where you're strong. And I'm going to make you stronger than you were before. So Jesus, it's this beautiful picture in Matthew chapter 12. Uh, you know, it, it's quoted again when Jesus shows up. It says, hey, here's what he was doing. And this is how Jesus did his ministry, wasn't it? I mean, when the woman is caught in adultery, I mean, how does that even happen, first of all? But don't think too much about that um, because I'm really going to say something I shouldn't while I'm preaching, right? We talked about that last night with my dad. Things you should never say from the pulpit. So it was, I was almost going to go there. But I mean, how does that even happen? But so this woman is right here. And what, what does Jesus do? He says, I don't condemn you, woman. Go and sin no more. Yeah, I don't want you to sin. Yeah, I don't want you to be broken. I don't want you to to be the way you're living right now. But I'm not going to condemn you. I'm here to save you. I'm here to rescue you. I'm here to heal you. 
And of course, the other picture is the picture of the, the candle, a smoldering candle. You know, isn't it cool when a candle goes out? When we were lighting the Hanukkah candles, we kind of did the Hanukkah thing this year, ref, you know, looking at it through the vision of Jesus. He is the servant candle, the candle in the middle that gives light to everything, who releases the miracles, uh, all, you know, when you celebrate the miracles of God for eight days. But it was so cool. We'd sit and we'd watch the candles. And they would, you know, there's... Nine of them, <laughs> there's one in the middle and four on each side of the, the menorah for Hanukkah. And you know, sometimes you just, it's kind of cool just to turn all the lights off and just watch a candle. Way cooler than YouTube, okay? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you know, videos on YouTube is like, whoa, this is live video. Okay, real live. Um, and so you just watch the candles. So we, you know, you'd watch them for a while. Then you come back, you come back when they're right at the end and they start to, they start to flicker. They start to, they start to look like they're, they're going in and out. They're go, it's lit, it's not lit, it's not. And then they, then they suddenly, they smoke. And the smoke is really cool too, especially in the dark when there's enough candlelight to bring it out. But that's the picture is someone who is just about to lose hope. Someone who is just about to give up. Someone who is just about to to. You know, someone's spiritually in a place where they're like, I don't have any life. My light is, is dimming. I'm running out of fuel. I don't, I don't have anything left to give. And Jesus, Jesus comes to us in that very place. And he says, I'm not going to just go, let's just get a new candle. He says, I'm going I'm to take who you are and I'm going to breathe life into you. Isn't it great? The breath of God doesn't put us out. It, it lights us. He lights us up, right? He fills us. He, he breathes on us. He says, I'm going I'm to love you. I'm going I'm to restore hope into your life. I'm going to give you a vision for your future that you would have never had, that your parents didn't give you, that your, that your siblings didn't give you, that the place you're working at doesn't give you. They're not going to speak, but I'm going to call you. I'm going to give life to you, and I'm going to give hope to you. I'm going to give purpose to you that you didn't have before. And even if you're a candle that's about to go out, I'm going to breathe life into you, and you're not going to die. Your, your hope is not going to go away. You don't have to give up. This is not the end. And that's who Jesus is, and that's what he did on the earth, and that's why he came, was to give life. I'm so glad that Jesus doesn't just put us out and move on to someone else, aren't you? There's so many times where, where we've all been in that place. Maybe you're in, your, you're in that place right now, I don't know. Maybe you came here today and you're like, I'm, I'm bruised. Or I'm barely, I'm barely flickering here. If God doesn't do something, I, my, my light's about to go out. And so I'm here today to tell you that God gave me this word for you. This is not, it's not random luck that you're here today hearing these words, if that's where you're at. It's a divine appointment from heaven. God saying, I'm giving you this word. I'm not going to blow out the candle. I'm going to light a fire. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to build you back up. What does it go on? It says that in faithfulness he'll bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged. This is another encouragement I really felt from this passage. Jesus is not discouraged right now. 
just just want to let you know it says it says that he he's going to actually he's going to stay encouraged until he establishes justice on earth in verse 4 there Jesus is working for justice right now. We want we want justice like through like government sometimes or just we want justice for our workplace or you know we want justice for this or that. But we have to remember that justice comes from Jesus. Any justice that doesn't start with him as the source is going to get off track. Whether we're on the right or the left, we can get off track if that's my source. If Jesus in the center is not my source, then he is bringing about justice and he's not discouraged. He's not discouraged with the world right now. He's not throwing up his hands and going, oh, my goodness. What's going on in the United States of America? <laughs> what are we going to what am I going to do? <laughs> He's like, no, I'm working right now and I'm not discouraged. I am I am continuing to release my love and my justice, my justice born out of my love mixed together. I am releasing it on earth. I am bringing it to pass. I am letting it go to the nations of all the earth. And I am going to continue that until I come back one day again. And fully complete justice on the earth. And so I also just thought, you know, if you come in here discouraged with what's going on. Maybe it's just your personal world. You're like, forget the other world, but maybe your personal world, but maybe the world around you, you're, you're so sucked in with what's going on all around you that you find yourself going, oh man, what, what's going to go on? Jesus is not feeling that way. Jesus is feeling good right now. He is feeling totally encouraged. He, is not, he has not been scratching his head. We're scratching our heads and that's okay. <laughs> We probably should be scratching our heads sometimes. Uh, but he's not scratching his head saying, what am I going to do? He's saying, no, I'm, I'm encouraged right now, and I'm going to continue to bring justice to this world. I'm going to continue to work to get the message of my goodness and my good news to the world, which is going to bring justice. That's the only true justice that's going to happen. It's the justice joined with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can't have one without the other. But Jesus is working to make things all right. When he comes back, that's the completion. It's the, it's the period. It's the exclamation point that says, now everything, all things are becoming new. So we can stay encouraged by fixing our eyes on the promise of Jesus. You know, when you have your eyes on the promise, you're less discouraged. And even more, when you have your eyes on the promise keeper, you get less discouraged, right? Because he is the way maker and the promise keeper, the light in the darkness and all the other words of that song, right? And so if we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, we, we can stay encouraged. It doesn't mean, look, we're not saying that you have to stay encouraged all the time. You have to be honest with yourself and say, I'm discouraged. We're not talking about religious pretending. Like Sunday morning, hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> like they did in church for years and years. Thankfully, we're getting out of that, right? We can say in church, you know, like, yeah, my, my week was horrible. I'm barely here. Hey, we love you. <laughs> Let's love one another and be like, 
hey, we're, we're not here to pretend, like, oh, hallelujah, Jesus is amazing. And yes, he is, and my life is, is awesome and perfect. And, you know, it's, it's social media, baby. Look at this. My kids are so awesome. I mean, you didn't see what happened five minutes before I took that picture. Somebody was going to die. We don't know who it was. Maybe everybody. I don't know. <laughs> and you're at a restaurant. You're like, why is the poor server going to die too? I don't know. Just friendly fire. <laughs> it's just going to happen. So uh, we're, not, we're not supposed to pretend with God. We're supposed to be honest. But to know that if I want to stay encouraged, I can, I can, when I'm discouraged, guess who I need to look to? The one who's not discouraged. I need to join my heart to the one who says, I have enough courage in me to help you when you're feeling like i'm not going to make it anymore i'm about to give up i don't know if i'm going to press on in my marriage anymore this is just too hard there's too much pain we've hurt each other too much i'm just i'm about to give up and jesus says look to me there's still hope i'm the miracle worker i'm the miracle worker I came to make things right. Now we know there's still free will. Someone can choose. They, they get their choice and you get yours. So if they choose to walk away, that's their choice. But you don't have to walk away and God's not walking away from you. He's not leaving your candle flickering and saying, I'm done. He says, I'm coming and I'm going to be there. I'm not going to break you when you're bruised. I'm going to heal you. And so that's the message. That's the message of Jesus. That he's come for that. He's come for healing. He's come for freedom. And most of all, he's come, he says, I really love you. I really love you. And we all have a chance to respond to his love. And so we're going we're gonna to respond with worship today. So the, the worship team, if you want to come on, come on back up. If you want to stand to your feet, yeah, I'll, I'll switch to this. But if that's... If that's, if that's you today, if you need to respond to, to God today, I, I encourage you as, as we sing these songs to, to respond to the Lord. If you're in that place where you're feeling like, man, I, I am that smoldering candle right now. And I just, I just need Jesus to do something for me. I just, I just need something fresh in my life. Reach out to him. Whatever that means. If you want to come up front, you're welcome to come up front. If you need to kneel down where you're at, however you need to respond to God, lift your hands. Just put your hands on your heart. If you need to just sit down and, and soak it in, however you need to respond to Jesus today, we just invite you to do that. Uh, and we will have some uh, prayer teams at the end. If you need prayer, we will, we will have time to, to respond and pray for you personally. But right now, we're just going to encourage you to, to respond to God. And so Dave's going to pray over us as we go back into worship. You know, this morning, if, if that word was for you, I just encourage you um, as we pray, just really just 
release that thing to God this morning. He just he really loves us. That's the message. That's there's no greater message we could ever hear or speak than the love of God. And so let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the word. I thank you for Jesus, for the gospel that he brought, Lord. That, Lord, he doesn't just throw us away when we're broken, but he came to restore us, to redeem us, to give us life and life abundantly. And so, Lord, this morning, we just thank you, God, for the promise that you've given us through your son, Jesus. We remember you, Jesus. We think about you. We love you. We want more and more of you. And, Lord, we just thank you, God, for what you're doing in this time, in this season. Lord, I pray a special blessing over every person here, every heart, Lord. I thank you for the healing that you have begun this morning and that you are faithful to complete it. In your mighty name, Jesus.